The Contemplative Stations of the Cross audio devotional is now available from Patchwork Heart Ministry. This devotional features an introduction and overview of the theology, history, and spirituality of the Stations of the Cross by Father Bill Zimmer, a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, along with an audio version of the Contemplative Stations of the Cross led by author Bill Snyder and the Stabat Mater, chanted in Latin by Marissa Ellison. CDs are $7.99 and digital downloads are only $3.99. Copies may be purchased by visiting patchworkheart.org or calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, present a podcast for divorced and separated Catholics. Hello, and welcome to a podcast from the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. This is Anne DeSantis, and this podcast is for people who are affected by divorce and separation. And we're in the middle of a series right now with Rose Sweet, our good friend. And of course, she is a relationship expert and an author too. And you can learn about her at rosesweet.com. Rose, thank you so much for joining us. I love this little series that we're doing. There's, there's really so much meat in each of these and we've, we're doing it for people who've gone through divorce, separation and divorce, but really it's universal truth that everybody could benefit from. I mean, and our topic today is 10 facts about forgiveness and you can be married, single, young, old, divorced, separated, none, priests, even the Pope. Uh, everybody has to deal with forgiveness in their life. So we have a lot to cover today. Yeah, we do. We do. And I agree with you. I think forgiveness is one area that affects every single person. I know we've had different topics on this podcast, and some of those topics were mostly for people who are affected by divorce and separation. But this one, really, whoever you are, I mean, it, it really affects all of us. And so the, the topic, again, is um, this is 10 facts about forgiveness. Well, um, let's just jump in uh, to number one. I have a 10 written down really, we could probably have 20, but let's just go with these 10. So one of the things that I learned, especially being Catholic and going deeper into the teachings of our faith that forgiveness is not a feeling. It Forgiveness really begins in the will. You decide that forgiveness and letting go is the right thing to do, whether you feel like it or not. And that's actually when you make that decision, that is the beginning of authentic forgiveness. 
And even when you do then say, Anne, I forgive you for only sending me the link to this podcast a few minutes ago, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for instance, um, I, I don't have to keep forgiving you over and over and over. I, I've already, it does, I don't have to feel like it. I've already done it in my will. I need, I need to forgive you and you need to forgive me. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an act of the will because when it comes down to it, um, like I said, right before we started that uh, we can all become offended and, and that's what it comes down to. I think people get, we get offended by the behavior and actions of other people uh, without knowing why they do certain things, you know? So um, that's a whole nother topic that I would love to explore sometime about in our culture today, especially we're so easily offended. You hurt my feelings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. As parents, we, if we hear our kids saying that we need to nip that in the bud. Um, we're, we're too sensitive and, and forgiveness, you know, and here we are, we're just on number one, but I remember a story when, uh, a lady told me, she says, well, I forgive you. And it, she didn't really forgive me. She was putting me down saying that I had done something to offend her. And because she was so holy, she was going to grant me forgiveness for my horrible thing that I did to her. You know, so it was just, we, we even take something good like forgiveness and we manipulate it to our own benefit. So anyway, let's go back to number one. It begins in your will. Just choose to forgive because our Lord said we have to. You know, it says it's very clear in scripture. If we do not forgive others, we put a block up between us and God and we make it impossible in a certain sense for God to forgive us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. So just do it. Number two. If you're not sure you really want to forgive, ask God for trust in him. Ask God for trust in him and the grace to get there. You know, even an act of the will, there's still a struggle and a resistance. So just ask God's grace. Say, Lord, part of me doesn't even want to forgive. Part of me is still mad. I think it's stupid and that person doesn't deserve it or whatever we're thinking. Just stop and say a prayer. Lord, I can't get there on my own. Help me. Strengthen my will to choose to forgive, whether I feel like it or not. Number three, when you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean letting them off the hook. Because sometimes that would actually hurt them. So if somebody offended me or hurt me, or if I saw my children hitting each other, um, I have to do something about correcting that behavior. I can't just forgive and be done with it. There might be other work that's necessary. So forgiveness is not a way to just quickly wrap it all up because it's too messy and it's too intense. And uh, I just forgive you. And can we just forget about it? No, maybe there's a bigger issue there that uh, the forgiveness is exposed. Have you ever been through something like that with your kids? <laughs> oh, all the time. Definitely. I mean, and and I remind, you, remind our listeners again, how many kids you have? I have two daughters and um, they're in their twenties now they're 20, 24 and a half and 22 and they were homeschooled. And so we were together all the time, <laughs> as I told you before we started the podcast and, 
that was an instance for us to always be forgiving each other because we were together all day long and mostly most of the time all night too. So, right. And which brings us now here, we are back with COVID. There's a lot of forgiveness going on because all of us have been forced unnaturally to spend excessive amounts of time in small quarters with each other sometimes. And that is, that's naturally grating on everybody's nerves. So instead of feeling ashamed or guilty, just realize that's part of our human nature and to be quick on the draw with the forgiveness card, you know? Okay. Um, Number four, forgiveness doesn't mean allowing someone to continue to take advantage of or hurt you. So even though I forgive you, I might also have to set a boundary. For, again, forgiveness is not just the end of the situation sometimes. And for those who have, raise your hand, everybody, if you struggle with setting and enforcing boundaries, I just put up a thing in my blog, a blog post. You can go read more about this. It's rosesweet.com forward slash setting dash boundaries. And I have lots of helpful hints and a download there. We, we are pretty good at setting boundaries, but we're horrible at enforcing them. So it goes something like this, you know, you were late again and you caused me to be late to my meeting and that, that wasn't good. I forgive you for that, but I also think we have to set some boundaries now. If you can't show up on time to get us to the meeting, I'm going to have to hire a cab and have you pay for it, or I'm going to have to have somebody else come and get me and you're not going to do it anymore or whatever, whatever the situation calls for. If there's an offense that keeps happening, it's crying out for something to change. So forgiveness is part one and usually setting and enforcing boundaries is, is part two. And, and in your family or your friends, why do you think people don't want to go all the way and enforce a boundary? Cause then they'll look, well, in my opinion, I think it's, um, has to do with people's personalities, I think. And some people are very forthright and some people are very passive aggressive. And I think for people who are passive aggressive, it's probably the hardest because they won't tell you exactly what they mean. And because so they're, that's they're hard. Af- right, right, right. And yeah. but they're afraid. What are they afraid of? Getting a, the, the answer that they don't want to hear. Right. Okay. So passivity is a form of, you know, resistance and control. Mm -hmm. And it's also a fear of making waves or calling attention to your, to yourself or looking bad. So again, you know, I might say to the kids, okay, if you guys don't clean up your room by this afternoon, we're not going to the park. Okay. Now it's afternoon and the rooms look like pigsties, but I don't want the kids mad at me. I don't want them upset. And I might look like a bad mother. What if they tell their friends? So now my ego gets in the way and I don't want conflict or I don't want to lose their affection. So I don't have the courage now to enforce the boundary that I set. So we all go to the park. We have a good time. And I've now trained my children that whatever I say doesn't really matter a lot of the time. So 
Here we are on forgiveness. We're off on setting boundaries. Let me pull myself back here. Um, that forgiveness means there's been an offense. And sometimes that calls for taking a closer look and changing something or doing something to stop the bad behavior. So there we have it. What do we have? We're number five. Forgiveness doesn't mean pretending what the other person did or didn't do was okay. How many times, Anne, have you said, I'm sorry to somebody and they say, well, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, it happens. I don't know how many times, but it definitely happens. <laughs> and sometimes that's a good and appropriate answer, but maybe for something more that's been happening a lot or is really hurtful, we shouldn't be too quick to brush it off again, because we're afraid of conflict. We just want it to be over. But sometimes we might have to say, I do forgive you. And I do want you to know it hurt. It hurt so badly. I was so disappointed. So thank you. For, thank you for asking for forgiveness. And I do forgive you. It doesn't mean that we just whisk it under the rug. And, and this leads to the next part is we have the right to say out loud that that was not right. Number six, it doesn't mean you forget the injustice. To be prudent, you may need to remember it so that it doesn't happen again. So if somebody does something to you and it hurts you and you forgive them, but it happens every time you go over there or see them. Who's the idiot now? <laughs> and that's my language, right? Um, you have, you have the right to set those boundaries and you have to be realistic that something's going on with them that you, you might be hurt again, or somebody that you love, you might be taking them into a situation. So you have to change again. So again, forgiveness is not just about, I got hurt and I'm going to tell you it's okay. It's much more complex than that because, you know, we're, we're complex people. Okay. Here's, this is a very important thing that a lot of us as Christians struggle with. Number seven, it doesn't, forgiveness doesn't mean you have to like the other person. Can you think of people in your past? And yeah, I know you're shaking your head. The people can't see you out there, but I can see you on the, on my video screen. You don't have to like people who hurt you. You have to love them. And what is love? What, what does our Catholic church teach? What does our faith teach about what love is? Love is willing the greatest. Best for them in right, their lives. Yeah. Which is heaven. Mm -hmm. and not doing anything to get in the way of their getting to heaven and praying for them. So you can wish and desire the best for somebody and pray for them and live 500 miles away and be safe from them. This is, I know in a lot of, especially in divorce circles, there are a lot of bad Christian advice out, out there that says you need to go back into an abusive situation. Mm -hmm. You need to go back into a situation where you're shamed and belittled and criticized and physically violated, verbally violated, um, and suck it up because Jesus carried his cross. And that's not true. I was just talking to somebody um, earlier today. And if we look to scripture, 
Jesus allowed himself to be whipped, stripped, humiliated, crucified, killed one time. The rest of the time when they wanted to kill him, he ran away. Think about that. Hmm. He left the town. When they were coming after him, he made himself scarce. He didn't go to the cross all the time. There's times that we go to the cross for a greater reason, but we don't allow ourselves to be humiliated and disrespected and wounded and, and, and violated for the sake of being a good Christian. We look to Jesus. We look to Jesus, how he did it. Jesus even said to the disciples, look, if you're trying to share the gospel with people and you go into their homes and they're closed and they're treating you with disrespect, get up, shake the dust off your sandals in protest and leave. So what protest? That's not very kind and charitable. No. Well, that's what Jesus said to do. Make it very clear that their behavior is not appropriate. And then you have the right and maybe the responsibility to leave. So forgiveness, and we're coming back to this theme here, that forgiveness is usually a symptom. The need for forgiveness is a symptom that there's something wrong with the relationship that needs tending. And we don't, we don't sometimes don't want to go there or we don't have the skills to go there. So you don't have to like somebody who hurts you, but you do have to forgive them and you do have to love them. And love is not necessarily affection. There's a difference. I remember a story and I was giving a retreat for the separated and divorced. And I hope I haven't told this on one of the earlier podcasts. What a story this was. We were talking about forgiveness and I was asking the people in the group, have you ever really struggled with forgiveness of your, of your ex-spouse? And some, some comments went around the room. Yes, because he did this or she did that. But one lady said, I, I'm still struggling. And she didn't give us any details. After lunch, though, she felt a little safer. She raised her hand and said, I, I want to share. And, you know, I'm at the front of the room. I go, oh, that's great. You know, so tell us, well, my ex-husband was so upset at our divorce and the fact that he didn't get custody of the children. He decided that if he couldn't have the children, we had two beautiful daughters, both in high school. If he couldn't have them and have what he wanted, then neither could I. So he shot and he killed both of my daughters. And then he put the gun to his head and shot and killed himself. I know. And I'm like, whoa, you could have heard a pin drop. We were shocked. How do you forgive that? Well, we talked about it later. She was struggling with her emotional forgiveness. She was struggling with the feelings of letting it go and not being hurt and not being sad. She was still grieving. But she had really, she decided she had forgiven him because she had prayed many times. I want to forgive him. I do forgive him. I just don't feel like it. And I'm still really, really sad. So there's that distinction between grief and sorrow over the offense and the act of forgiveness itself. Sometimes those overlap. 
Thank you for sharing on that. And, and it's, it's just so profoundly sad to hear that. And, you know, whoever, whoever we are listening to this, just lift a prayer for that woman and, and what she's been through. Thank you, Rose. And, and there's so many, you, you and I both know, because we deal with this all the time. So many people out there have so many serious, painful wounds and offenses. The, the world is a beautiful place and a dark place at the same time. So we always need a savior. We always need grace and we need to be free to forgive because we have, we have really, we have a lot of forgiveness to ask for it, which reminds me before I go into the next point, I remember after divorce and I had a whole list of offenses where my husband had failed me. He walked out. I, I could name that list today, even though it was almost 30 years ago. And I, I never stopped and thought about my side of it. Oh, I, I knew I could say the words, well, I wasn't a perfect wife, but I was pretty good, but I never really went in and made a deep. And as the, as they say in the 12 step programs, a searching and fearless moral inventory of my failings as a wife, as a person in the marriage. So my therapist told me that for full healing, not only did I have to forgive him completely, I had to go ask him for forgiveness. What? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said, what, what do you mean? He's the one that blah, 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 blah. Right. And no, you need to take full ownership. If you want freedom, if you want the freedom in Christ that he has for you, You'd go all the way. I go, and I knew, I knew it was, I knew it was right advice. So I called up my ex and it had been several years. And I said, can I just meet you? And we, we still got along on, on good terms. We weren't really in contact with each other, but I, and I had been learned, I learned how to say this and not to go into a big, long detailed conversation. Cause that could cause more problems than not. But I said, I've been doing a lot of soul searching and I need, I realize that I let you down in many, many ways. And for that, I am truly sorry. And I would like, I would like to ask your forgiveness for all the ways that I failed you as a wife. And he said, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. He goes, thank you for that. And thank God he didn't start making, yes, I'm going to whip out my list. I've been carrying around for five years, you know, but he said, yes, I do forgive you. And that was part of the, of the act is I couldn't just say, I'm sorry. I had to ask him to be part, to partake in the process with me. I had to say, will you forgive me? Because really now that's providing a, an opportunity for grace and love for the other person. It, 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 it reminds me of that old uh, Shakespearean uh, play, The Merchant of Venice. Do you remember that portion in there talked about mercy? The quality of mercy is not strained. Mercy, bless, it, it, it's uh, twice blessed. It blesseth oh, twice him blessed. that give and him that takes. Mm. So when you ask for forgiveness, and ask the other person to forgive you, you bring them into that beautiful act of redemption and healing. And then they have a choice. 
And hopefully they'll say, of course, I forgive you. If they don't, you just, you receive it as you can and you, and you just thank God and you keep praying. I do have a quick uh, comment on that one was that there is a family in the area here where I live that were very good friends with us when our children were little and they are, um, an older couple that have 10 children. So now they have lots of grandchildren and great grandchildren and everything like that. And they're very devout Catholics too. And one of the thing that things that they taught their friends, because they did a lot of mentoring when they were younger and they, we were one of those couples that they mentored was to use those words that you just said that you say, you don't just say, I'm sorry. You say, will you forgive me? Because it's a, uh, it's a more proactive way of of interacting with someone. When you say I'm sorry, it's not as proactive. It's a little more reactive. Is that yeah? You know yes, and it's just you're saying this is how I feel and this is what I think. Mm-hmm. And when you invite them into it, now you have a holier communion. That's right. In, in a certain sense, right? And it right. worked very well because we used it with um, my two daughters growing up. We always taught them to use the words, will you forgive me? So even mm-hmm. to this day, mm-hmm. they still they still use it. See, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's very, very powerful, isn't it? It is. It really is. It's something I don't think I'll ever forget. Especially when somebody says, like we did as kids. Okay, you guys say you're sorry. 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 <laughs> You're not sorry. That didn't mm-hmm. sound like you were sorry, you know? So I don't really care too much about how you feel right now. It's like, do you, you know, are you seeking forgiveness? Would you like the other person to forgive you? Yes, I would. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. Uh, let's see. It doesn't, because our last one is it doesn't mean you have to like the other person. You don't, you don't even have to socialize or be friends. I, you know, with, in divorce situations, I help people a lot. They, they moving past the civil divorce and they want to get along or they want to be Christian to their ex-spouse or other family members or other people where there was a division and from the divorce. And they think they have to go back to how it all was and be buddy, buddy and socialize. And you don't. You have permission in certain situations to say, no, this isn't good. This isn't healthy. And I don't need to go there and not feel guilty. Again, now we're back to being able to set and enforce healthy boundaries. So forgiveness and boundaries, I'm realizing are really intertwined. Okay. So um, the next one, number eight is forgiveness does not mean, does not mean that you have to be uh, bitter, but you do have to be civil and polite. Okay. So somebody really violated me. Let's say my, my spouse lied in court, hid the money, cheated me out of a million things, has turned the children against me, parental alienation. And I have quote unquote, every right to be bitter. That's how people think but that's not true. Scripture tells us, get rid of all bitterness. You can be hurt. You can be in grief. You can be processing it, but don't be bitter. That means your focus is still too much on yourself and you're not remembering the bigger picture that our Lord has his hand on your life and everybody's life. And in the end, everything is going to be okay. We forget that part. 
So you do need to be civil. When you walk in the room with somebody who has hurt you, don't be rude. Don't turn away deliberately. You don't have to go, you know, be like you were or be friends, but find that middle ground. If you would be civil to a stranger, then you can be civil to somebody who has hurt you. It's hard to do because we let our emotions get in the way. Yeah, I agree with you. And if I could just interject. Yes, that, please. Um, and I, I think to myself with the same idea of proactive and reactive that on top of being civil, people can also use those sort of passive aggressive ways to still be uncivil, right? Yes. Does that, yes. do you know what I'm saying? So yes. remember that psychology does play a big part in all of it too. And, you know, I think of the whole idea that in the Bible, it says to make your yes mean yes and your no mean no. And right. you have to do the same thing. I mean, so, uh, you know, I think styling styles of communication are, are always different. But um, I don't think that when you're trying to get over something and you still have bitterness, that uh, those behaviors that, that can still happen where you know you feel the same way, but you're still, you're still acting bitter. Maybe it's not outwardly bitter, but you know it's still there, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Um, and we need the virtue of humility. That's really what you're talking about. Mm -hmm is that you remember, I have hurt people too. And our Lord has forgiven me. And there may be many, many ways that I have offended our Lord deeply that I'm not even thinking about because I'm too immature and self-focused to even go there. But our Lord forgives me. Our Lord is ready to forgive me if I come to him. Why can't I be the same with other people? So humility, and I love, I'm sure our list, listeners already know about the litany of humility. If you don't know, please go look it up on the internet, litany of humility. And it's a beautiful, beautiful prayer that's been around for, I think, over a hundred years now in, in the church. And um, it's, uh, it's powerful. I try to say it every day. I don't, I should have it memorized by now, but uh but though these are the little beautiful things that will help us with humility and setting boundaries and forgiveness and, and right attitudes. Okay, um, forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to trust the other person. A trust is huge. So Anne, what has to happen when you finally trust a person? What has to have occurred or happened to where you know you can trust somebody? Well, I think some time has to go by. I mean, yep, time. Uh, it, yeah, to me, that's the first thing. And then um, I think through people's actions, you can tell over time in the little ways, just like St. Therese of Lisieux says, right? In the little ways, just like we have that relationship with God, our relationship with others, you can tell whether this person is trustworthy with certain pieces of information. But in my own personal experience, I think it's better not to wear our hearts on our sleeve, right? Because when you do, eventually you are going to get hurt because eventually somebody isn't going to keep that trust, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I'm thinking of the beautiful teachings of St. John Paul II in his love and responsibility and theology of the body. We clothe 
the most intimate, sacred, and private parts of our body. We cover them up because not because we're ashamed, but because they are so precious and can be misused and violated and we can be wounded. And so that we cover those beautiful parts of ourselves up and we reveal them only to the right person at the right time, right? Now let's take that same thing that we all understand and talk about our heart. Our heart is our other tender, vulnerable, precious organ, the visible and invisible part of our heart. And when we wear it on our sleeve, we expose it to the world to possible harm, manipulation, violation. So again, wearing our heart on our sleeve can be a good and beautiful thing with the right person at the right time, somebody that we trust. But we have to learn and discern if we can't trust somebody, if they have hurt us in the past, we can't just be naive. Well, we can, we, and we do because in our own wish, I just wanted to go back to how it was. I want to trust this person. I really want to trust this person and have a good relationship again. So I'm just going to go back to how it was and I'm just going to trust them. Well, that's stupid because they keep hurting you. So it's usually, you know, our desires for what's good and true and beautiful. We lead again with our emotions and our passions, and we, we don't use our intellect as much as we should. And the intellect says, you may not ever be able to trust this person again. And that's sad. And you, you can get mad and you can grieve, but you have to let it go. And you have to reorder that relationship. Absolutely. There are people in my life. What? Go ahead. No, I was just, my mind also goes to the whole idea And this was something, Rose, that it took me literally years and years and years to realize when I would go through therapy and talk to, you know, things to do with uh, hurts that I've had in my past and whatever, is that there is such a thing as personality disorders, right? And the other thing is we don't realize that Catholic or not, and even whether, even in the church world, those personality disorders exist. Right. 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 So, and so so, you realize that some of it isn't us, it's not us. It is somebody else's issues that they have that are really literally mental and psychological issues that you're not going to fix. And right. And our Lord doesn't call us to fix them, but he certainly does call us to look at our own self and our own attitude Mm -hmm. and set appropriate boundaries and remain loving and appropriately detached, but continue on in love. And you know Mm. what, this is just like anything else. It's exercise. It's being taught by the wise teachers. It's trying it out in your life and seeing it fail, see see it succeed, and then having it become habit. So all the things that we're talking about, humility and setting boundaries and forgiving and seeking forgiveness, they're practices that we have to perfect. Uh, They don't just happen overnight. And we That's need right. God and we definitely need God's continual grace to, to help us to do it. Okay. So trust, don't trust the person who keeps violating you trust God to help equip you to navigate in that relationship. If you have to. Okay. Um, the next one, which I think is number nine is forgiveness. Doesn't mean that you can't be angry. 
Forgiveness does not mean that you can't be angry at the offense, but righteous anger should be short-lived and something that moves you to seek justice or, or change or correction. I think read what the catechism says about anger and the passions. And I'm just going to quote this for somebody to go look it up. And everybody should have a copy of the Catholic catechism in their home. It's not, it's not big, deep theological language. It's real easy to read. And uh, so it's CCC reference 617, excuse me, 1762 and 1866 talks about anger and the passions. So anger is should be quick and it as as it did, was with jesus we all point to that one thing in scripture we know where he got angry but he did not sin but he sure did overturn the tables and make a whip and probably yell and scream at people something really bad was going on and he had to fix it and anger was that energy was that response to the injustice that got him up and moving to fix it and correct it but he didn't hang on to it and let it seethe and boil and become bitterness, which is what way too many of us do. So yes, absolutely. You, you get to be if and if if uh, if somebody came up to you and slapped you as hard as they could across the face, you have the right to go into shock and then anger. But if you're a practicing mature Christian woman, which I know you are, the shock and the anger would be short lived, and then you would quickly move into, uh Oh, what's going on here? I need to step back. And you would start to navigate the problem or the situation. Yeah, absolutely. That that's true. That's true. I think that there's a realization for us as Catholics and as Christians, when we really and truly understand that this world and this life is not perfect. And when you expect that there's going to be times when you have to um, withstand some kind of trial and forgive people. And it, you know? it's not fair. It's not, it's not just, it's not fair. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we, we don't, we don't get out alive. I, you know, I think, especially we, as, when we're parents, we have such a sense of control in our homes. You were telling me how you homeschooled all your kids, your girls, all the way up to what grade 12. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you had a sense of control over developing them, educating them, making sure they can't, they turn out to be certain kinds of people, but, but at a certain, and that gives you a sense of security and control, right? But in reality, they can, they're going to go off and do whatever they want. And there's things that you can't control and you can't fix ever. That's right. And that's it's scary and disappointing because we work so hard. We work so hard to do the right thing. And then we think that that will guarantee that all the people around us and all the things around us that we hang on to, it's all going to be okay. Well, we can't fix people at all. I mean, people are people with their personalities, their flaws and their gifts and talents, just like we have our gifts and talents and our flaws. Right. So, I mean, um, the only thing that really is perfect is love, but love doesn't make the world perfect. I mean, it doesn't make everything go the way we want it to. Right. And right? That's, <laughs> I, that seems to be the universal struggle we all have is reconciling the fact that we are good. We are made in God's image. He loves us. We're destined for heaven. But in the meantime, we're also dealing with a lot of ugly, unfair, painful stuff. And we don't want to look at that. We don't want to be reminded of that. 
Um, but that's where the litany of humility can help and constant prayer and God's grace. He wants to, he, he wants to help us through the valley, the shadow of the valley of death. And, and oh. wouldn't you say Rose, if I could interject is also just being patient too, with not only with yourself, but with other people. And that is really, um, a, a virtue, isn't it? I mean, because sometimes we want to see those results, uh, for what we are praying for. I mean, I can give you one example, if I could, is that for a long, long time, uh, my husband and I and my family were attending this one church and we were there for years, but, um, and, and it's a good church. Don't get me wrong. It, a very big church. And, uh, and it just got to a point where I had said to my husband that I wanted to go to a different church because I just felt I liked that whole idea of a smaller community, if that makes any sense, you know? Mm -hmm. And, it took really, and if he's listening, hello. Right. But <laughs> it, it took for me being patient about it. And I'll tell you the result of it too, was that after 10 years, took 10 years and he finally said, okay, fine, let's switch. And he couldn't be happier. Mm -hmm. And now we're looking back, I'm thinking, well, I guess it was God's will that we waited so long, you know, um, because he didn't, he didn't want to switch over a while back five years ago. But now maybe this was God's timing, right? Maybe this is during the pandemic was one when he wanted us to switch to a different parish. And, and the whole idea of a smaller community and a different pastor has made a difference for him too. You know, okay, so. Right, right. So there is the virtues that come out of the difficulties. And that it segues right into my last point Injustice and struggles and all those in infidelities can be a gift that brings forth personal holiness. If we will endure them with patience, if we will pull back and set appropriate boundaries and, and, be, and suffer with being without the ones we love or the things that we wanted, and we will grieve them and let go and learn detachment and humility all those virtues usually come right up through the manure that all this stuff lays on us. And it is, and there, you know, that's, that's the picture that we have there, even in the stink of all the things that we're talking about, these offenses, if we will go to God and follow what he says and open to receive his graces, little green shoots of beautiful, strong, new growth in our own holiness and our own happiness will come out of that. That's his promise. That's his promise. Even in scripture, it says quite clearly that he will bring all things to good for those who are called according to his purpose and trust him. So hang in there. It's hard. It's difficult. It doesn't feel natural. Your emotions are fighting, fighting. Why should I forgive? Why should I forgive? Why should I forgive? And I agree. If we're just going by emotions, don't do it. Kill them, you know, but that's not who we are. We are emotions and intellect. And we have, we have a, a destiny to higher and beautiful and better things. And that's where our true happiness lies. Excellent job with presenting those. And I just have to mention too, that with your coaching of what you do can help people to unpack, 
use that word unpack because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Unpack their talents and unpack who they are as, as uh, a child of God, understanding themselves so that they can have better relationships. So can you tell us more about that and what you do? Thank you, Anne. No, I love to do personal coaching. I do um, the broad scope life coaching. I can help people with particular relationship coaching, um, divorce healing coaching, how, you know, how to rebuild your life after civil divorce and what to do and not to do. And um, just all the difficulties of life that I have been through that I've learned the hard way and learned the good way through, through following the teachings of the church and God's grace. And I love to help people make a new life, you know, clean up the house, rearrange the furniture, um, become the person that you want to be and that God wants you to be. And to, in a certain sense there, if there are people who are repeatedly offending you, where you're having to forgive them 70 times seven, maybe that's a clue that you need to do some changing on your own side. And that's what I love to help people discover and, and break those chains and get free, free, free at last. So I thank you for bringing up my coaching. It's, so, it's one of the most satisfying and fun parts of my, of what I do. Well, you do a great job with it because sometimes the people that come to you, we kind of, they kind of intersect, right? Sometimes people will contact you and they also want to make an appointment for the free spiritual consultation with father Ken. I know he's listening right now. So hello father. And thank you for being so um, good to us as being a part of this mission. He's talked to so many countless people to talk about their prayer requests and different yes. things that they need. So um, he's done a great job as our spiritual moderator. Well, the Mercedarians are great guys. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're wonderful and they're good and holy priests. And I'm so proud to be part of this group. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for making the opportunity. We're going to do it again next month. We're in our, is this, what number is this? I don't even know it. In I our think series we're of at 12? like maybe seven or eight. Yeah. We're, we're getting up there. Yeah. And we'll everything finished by the summer. And those will be available on the website that you can go back and listen to our past podcasts. Yes, we have two places. Num the first place I would recommend for everybody who's listening, you're probably there already, but to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Philly No Notis. Uh, just subscribe. And then every time there's a new podcast, you'll get a notification. It tells you that it's on. And, and then or go to our website at nonatis.org. And then there's a section there where it says um, videos and podcasts. And then you just go there and, and you can see some of, not only some of our videos, but also these, the, the series, this series. So, so grateful to you for, for being a part of this mission. Well, we're, we're the mutual, we're a mutual admiration society, you and I, so. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, Anne. Thank you very much. And I think honestly, Rose, I think that our friendship is a good example to maybe people listening that there's trust and there's mutual respect. And that's what you need in a friendship and in a relationship. You need that. Um, and it's hard to figure out who those people are in your life, but it takes some time to discover God will let, God will show you, you know what? Virtue is the key. When you see someone who's got virtue, like Rose does, um, you know, that that's somebody that you can trust and that, um, uh, you have an understanding 
But when you're with someone and you can see that they don't have those virtues, maybe they're sort of gossipy or something, you know, if they're talking about somebody else, they're probably also going to be talking about you. <laughs> Hate to say it, you know, and it happens even in church circles, as we know, um, for, for people who are devoted to their faith and listening to this podcast. Um, but look for virtue. And, you know, virtue can be, to be quite honest, it's inside and outside the church. You know, I mean, you can find friends that are faithful friends that are Catholics. And I also have friends that are uh, not the same religion as me, but we, there's a mutual respect there and a mutual trust. So that's beautiful. And that's part of God's universal longing and his, his divine spark in every human person. So it's all good. And, and again, thank you very much. Uh, and I look forward to our next topic. Yes, I'm looking forward to it as well. So join us again on the first Tuesday of next month. This one is the one in March, so April. First Tuesday in April, 8 p.m. Eastern. And of course, they're all on demand. You can go back and listen to this whole series by going to uh, Philly Nonatus or to our uh, website. So again, Rose, thank you so much. God bless, and we'll see everyone next time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director.srnf at gmail.com. The Contemplative Stations of the Cross audio devotional is now available from Patchwork Heart Ministry. This devotional features an introduction and overview of the theology, history, and spirituality of the Stations of the Cross by Father Bill Zimmer, a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, along with an audio version of the Contemplative Stations of the Cross led by author Bill Snyder and the Stabat Mater, chanted in Latin by Marissa Ellison. CDs are $7.99 and digital downloads are only $3.99. Copies may be purchased by visiting patchworkheart.org or calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Did you enjoy this podcast? Listen to other podcasts from Patchwork Heart Ministry by following Patchwork Heart Radio wherever you listen to podcasts.